My sister just texted me asking if I want a Pop-Tart. And you said yes, right? Yeah, of course oh, I said obviously. yes. Yeah, obviously. Everyone, I'm Ryan. <laughs> and I'm Steve, and this is 60 Cycle. Um, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing. Cinnamon is the worst Pop-Tart podcast. Is there a cinnamon flavor? Do you mean yeah, brown sugar? Bra oh, brown sugar. No, 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 no. Brown sugar is uh, amazing. No. I, I would take brown sugar over some more. All right. I just feel... I think both of those are inferior to your classic strawberry. Well, and yeah, blueberry. the berry ones with frosting are the yeah. classics for yeah. a reason. But I, I like a nice brown sugar. Brown, brown sugar, after a certain point, it just tastes like burning. How many are you eating? All of them. You, you one box per serving, right? <laughs> the we, entire box. We used to buy like the buy them from Costco, where you'd buy it. You yeah, know, you'd get like twenty. So you're eating brown sugar pop tarts for twenty for breakfast for. A month straight. Just give them to me, man. I love the brown sugar. Well, I don't I, buy them anymore. I know. I, I'm I an have, adult. I haven't had Pop-Tarts in years and years and years and years, mostly because of the diabetes. But my sister and I were talking about them a while back. And so I have a feeling she's she's buying them because now she's craving them. Uh, have you ever buttered a Pop-Tart? No. Toast it and then you butter it. Like you butter the side that yeah. doesn't have? Yeah, yeah. That just it's fat like, kid stuff yeah, right there. Try say. it, guys. Try it at home. All right, this first ad. It was sent by David Lucas. <laughs> this what? thing is fun. It has something that a lot of a lot of weird listings that we get don't have, and they should have if they want to sell. A little je ne sais quoi. It has a story. It has no. a hook. It has something to grab your attention. One of a kind, handmade, entirely aluminum, electric, hollow body, amazing guitar. The neck was made from an old piece of aluminum electrical bus bar that was once in use at the Mystic Power Plant in Boston, Massachusetts. When in use, the neck would have had around 17... Here we go. Kilovolt amps, I guess. I, I guess. don't know. Of electricity a running through it. A significant amount of electricity. Is a kilovolt amp a unit? At what is the... The volt amps are a thing. Is I it think, a KVA? Right? It's a KVA, so it'd be 17... That would be a kilovolt, so I'm assuming it's kilovolt amps. Running through it, powering thousands of homes and businesses in Boston. The guitar body is welded together, and the neck bolted on, which is a solid one piece. So it's quite heavy, about 14 pounds, but it's the only one you will ever see. There will never be another true one of a kind. A, K a KVA is worth 0 0.85 kilowatts. Oh, great. That's very helpful. Right, right. So it's just a different term for something, a measurement that's kind of close. But it has to mean something. Yeah, you know, electricity is magic. We're never going to figure this out on a, on a guitar podcast. Are you kidding me? But this thing is kind of interesting looking. Yeah, it's kilovolt amps. Okay. Uh, I, love, I love the idea that the neck is made out of a piece of metal that has been conditioned mm -hmm. electrically. By having untold, unlimited amounts of units of electricity passing through it for who knows how long. Feeding electricity, feeding power into thousands of homes. 
in the Boston area. He did say yeah. Boston, right? Boston. In Boston. Boston. Like that, that is a story. That is something to attach ideas and feelings and just like, just, just this dramatic sense to like this thing was in between every single home in this area. Like that's, there's something magical about that. There's mojo to that. As far as the rest of the guitar goes, it's like, oh, it's, it's interesting, I guess. I just the, realized it has one of those dumb fire bridges. Yeah, you don't notice it because there's so many other things to look at first. Also, he wants $17,000 for it. Well, it's one of a kind. It's so one of a kind, it's got a Misfit sticker on it. And a Bratz or whatever. I don't know what that girl is. Yeah, the stickers on here tell me that this is not worth $17,000. And the weird novelty flame Telecaster Bridge, too. Uh, it looks like an interesting piece, though. Uh, something that I was saying to Steve is I don't believe because the neck looks clean. If that was if the person who milled the the person who milled the neck and made it into a guitar right. neck cannot be the same person who welded together this body because they are two completely different qualities of work. The body is fairly rough in a very like you know, high school metal shoppy sort of way. It's weird. I mean, obviously like, I, I guess it's the kind of thing where the, maybe the seam work, I'm not a welder by any means. The seam work looks really clean, but there is a, there is a, I mean, the cut of the body is, is rough. Like yeah. The there's a visual problem that exists in so far that the neck looks very like shiny Right. But then the body is brushed aluminum, and it's like you should have polished everything. The neck looks like a commercial product. Yeah. The body does look homemade. The neck looks so good that it makes me think that the story is fabricated. Mm, well, this guitar has been fabricated, Steve. <laughs> From aluminum. <laughs> right. And the stickers are not helping. Like, yeah. the stickers are not helping this listing at all. He does have pictures of it without the stickers. And then when the stickers are gone, then you really notice the novelty bridge. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the stickers were helping in a way. They were helping distract from uh, that situation. But I love the story. I love this idea of making a guitar neck out of a piece of metal that had bazillions of volts. Mm -hmm. Bazillions? Yeah, I can't I can't guesstimate. 17,000. Right, but over the life of this piece of metal, oh, oh, who yeah, knows yeah. how much electricity passed through this piece of metal. Right. It is finely conditioned for pure heavy metal electric rock and roll like this is, this neck like it only knows electricity how at this would you point. describe this headstock shape uh is it prs uh, in that direction but not really it's got that scoop almost in that kind of like pv axis sort of way yeah um, I'm, I want to say that there's Washburn headstock similar to that, mm. but it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a, I honestly don't mind the headstock. It's a, it's a decently generic, attractive three by three headstock that, uh, I, I don't have any problems with that headstock shape. I think it works with the body well enough as well. And, you know, honestly, the big heavy welds on the edges of the body as a style, I don't hate that. Uh, yeah, like I said, it's just the way something about the way the top is. Like you said, the top the cut, look, cut looks weird. The cut of the shape I is think the wonky. Br the brushed aluminum, like they should have gone like full chrome. Like the, it should High be like the, the 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 either the 
Matt Bellamy, Manson, he had one that was like all chromed out or like the Joe Satriani that's all chromed out. Right, right. Like go for, just go all in, chrome it all out. I haven't done a ton of working on metal, but I know that I could have made the top of this guitar pretty shiny with a buffing pad and in some fine grit sandpaper. I you know, but... I, this is it's it's just the the neck is so slick and mirror polished and then the body is so rough and it, there's nothing wrong with a rough look for the body um, as far as like the texture of it goes but I th- I think it would look so much better if it was polished to a chrome it also look a lot better if the shape of the body was cut to be uh, l- a little less wonky I these stickers are just so random there's it like is. a Boris Karloff Frankenstein on here there's a Superman logo. There's a lethal angel. Right. There's some music notes. It looks like a high schooler decorated it, you know? But and one of the stickers is like retro reflective, so it is the brightest thing in all the pictures. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a iron cross. Also, some. this guy wanted $17,000 for this. It, the pictures in the window, like that's a neat concept, but the lighting is all wrong. It's, it's not making the whole guitar look so dark. It's hard to. That's not a Boris Karloff. That's um, is that supposed to be the the uh, I don't know Norman Bates. Oh, I don't know. It looks like Norman Bates. Maybe this guy's trying to be scary. He's got the Grim Reaper on there, dude. This is an edgy guitar, man. Also, we know this guy's Native American for high voltage he's got a, rock and roll. He's got a chief. He's got a skull with a chief. He definitely he doesn't so. he definitely has a skeleton, judging by these stickers. This is someone who very clearly wants to represent that he has an internal yeah. skeleton, you know. Though the 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 an endoskeleton know, is what it's called. The uh the little uh whatever vampire high school or whatever girl sticker on here, maybe maybe we got this all wrong. And this is a woman selling this. This is a ladies' guitar. This is for women. Finally, a, I mean guitar. Yeah. Finally, a guitar for made for a woman. A guitar designed for a woman. <laughs> We're not making fun of guitars designed for women. We're making fun of this guitar. <laughs> I don't know, man. I uh, I don't think this thing actually sold for seventeen thousand dollars. It looks like it did sell, or the, the listing was taken down. That feels like a feeler pl- price to me, where he was trying to just see if there was any interest. Uh, I couldn't tell you what it's worth because I don't dabble around with aluminum stuff that much. Mm-hmm. But it's not worth nothing. Hey, at least... Uh, if you don't like the novelty bridge, you can swap that so easy. At least he offered free shipping. Hey, they free offered shipping. free shipping. Um, and I guess that's, that's all I have to say about this. I, I don't know what a fair price is for this. Uh, I would guess the neck is worth upwards of four or five hundred dollars mm-hmm. the body that becomes incredibly subjective we don't know the weight uh well we know altogether it's about 14 pounds the body is so rustic with the the heavy bead on the weld i almost feel like this deserves a different neck like you you want a rustic like like imagine like kind of like a open grain rosewood neck mm-hmm. on this Some you know kind of trussardy Right. It needs some contrast against the the rough metal, and it needs a a rustic neck of some sort against that. That That's my personal call. What do you think, Steve? Sounds good to me. There we go. It's a consensus. 
consensus. That's right. Um, I forgot how to say the word in the middle of it. Here, here's my final thought on this guitar. Do you have any final thoughts? You done? I already did my final thought. Here's my final thought on this guitar. If you have seventeen thousand dollars laying around and you Give see this me. guitar, what you should do instead is head on over to patreon.com <laughs> slash sixty cycle humcast where for as little as a dollar a month you could support this show for seventeen thousand months with that seventeen thousand dollars. Steve. Um, but you can go over and support this program at the end or when you do it, we'll announce your name on the show. We'll add your name to the ending credits. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I'm, I think you already committed to this. When you do a Patreon funded demo, you're going to scroll them. You're going to run the scroll on that as well. Uh, if it goes fast, then it's a super scroll, not to hashtag don't sue us Marvel. Um, (laughs) But yeah, uh, at the five dollar level, I'll send you some pics and some stickers someday, and at the ten dollar ten dollar level, um, I'll send you some pics and some stickers and some exclusive stickers and some exclusive pins. And if I have any swag from Nam and Gearfest and other things still laying around, or if you're like a size extra large, uh, maybe I'll send you a shirt. There you go. That I've got. If I if I have some, if I have some, if he has them. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. If you support the show, thanks to the Patreon. If you see a Patreon on the street, shake their hand, pat them on the back, give them a hug, thank them for doing everything that they do to make the world a better place by supporting content like this that you love. Uh, Also supporting the show. uh, This is the last last week of Sweetwater's band and orchestra instrument rental promotion. Uh, it's back to school time. If your kid needs a band or, or orchestra instrument, you don't want to deal with your local mom and pop. You don't know. Maybe they're good. Maybe they're bad. You never know. Or maybe there know, isn't one. Or maybe there isn't one. But you know with Sweetwater, it's going to be uh, great. They're going to support you. You're going to have your sales engineer that's going to be able to help you out through the yeah. whole process. It's going to uh, be high-quality gear there. that's well taken care of. It's rent to own. If yep. you keep it forever, eventually you'll just own it. It'll just be like, oh, this is my oboe. Here's my oboe that I learned how to play, mm-hmm. and now I have it forever because I rented it to own. I didn't know I wasn't ready to commit to buying an oboe, but I have it now because I rented it to own. Yep. That's right. They got oboes, they got trombones, they got tubas, they got French horns, they got Italian horns, they have German horns, they have Spanish horns, they have British horns, they have Icelandic horns. I think you're just making stuff they have up now. Canadian horns. They have horns from every nationality. Check it out. Link down below. Somebody <laughs> is going to try to like go to Sweetwater and look for this. Oh, week. come on. They're not going to find it. They're going to complain. This is parody, Sweet- guys. Parody. This they're, is jokes. They're going to complain to Sweetwater about it, and then Sweetwater is going to send us a cease and desist to stop telling people that they sell German horns <laughs> and Italian <laughs> horns and British horns and Spanish horns. Right. Mexican horns. Uh, this week's episode is also brought to you by Chase Bliss Audio. Right here, we have a classic mm-hmm. Tonal a Recall. highly valuable red and knob. desirable This is the red, red knob. This is the second version of the Tonal Recall. This is a red knob modded Tonal Recall. That's right. I've got one. No big deal. You know, this past month, I re-uploaded the Tonal Recall demo to our Facebook page. I forgot that I am in that demo. Oh yeah, you are. I was in the well. I was in the skit. At yeah, the yeah. Steve, I, don't... <laughs> <laughs> I did a fun little intro uh, where it's all Arnold Schwarzenegger from uh, from Total Recall. Yeah, and I made the whole thing all about the pedal and him trying to get the pedal. 
It's been, um, it's, well, uh, go ahead over to Chase Bliss. Of course, they don't make this anymore. It's been uh, kind of superseded by the Therme Mm -hmm. and by all of the other little delay machines that they have. This was their deluxe Um, memory man style analog delay. And it's, it's, I'm not, I'm not going to sell it. Don't make an offer. Yeah. I'll make an offer if you want, like, but it better cover my mortgage is all, all I'm saying. changing all your settings. Oh, no, my settings. Uh, Good thing it has presets, Steve, like on, all Chase Bliss pedals. Head on over to chasebliss.com. Get on their mailing list so you can find out when they have new products. And so you can also, they usually announce, I think, like, hey, we're going to stop making this. So if you want one, now's the time. I should start reposting my old, like, theatrical intros to TikTok, Instagram, oh, yeah. etc. Yeah, that's what I should be doing. I've I've been trying to wait to like make some sort of big video where I show them all as like some sort of big thing. I just need to publish them. It's been really social media. It's been really fun to kind of go back and like a lot of the stuff I'm posting are gas and goes. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the animated stuff with Facebook, you can like you have the option choose your frame. So I'll sometimes I'll go through and like try to find the perfect frame. Yeah. Follow uh, the Facebook page. Yeah. If you want to, Steve, if you want to Steve, see these, Steve has been doing this, this experiment where he's uploading all the demo videos to Facebook proper to the page. So it's yeah. hosted on the page. Uh, so if you want to trip down memory lane or maybe a chance to see videos that you've never seen before that are super old, uh, follow the Facebook page for yep. 60 cycle right, hum. Right now I'm about halfway, I think through 2016. Wow. That's so, like first year of videos, I think. So that's all yeah. like gas and goes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. There was like a few like 2014, 2015 videos. Am I, back have in you, like 2015, you were doing like maybe one video a month. Yeah. So I'm up to the point where you were doing, I'm about to hit the smorgasbord. Okay. That's when things start to really shift. Yeah. Yeah. But like, have you done any where I'm on camera yet? Because all those early ones, I wasn't um, on camera. I don't remember. I've done that. a bunch of gas and goes, but I've done the ones that we did. Like, there's a. Bu- I've actually gone through a bunch that you did with Ariel. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. the uh, the the one one I uploaded yesterday was the. Are t- we still in a sponsorship? No, we're done. Oh, okay, we I'll did. take the banner down. Uh, the ToneCraft <laughs> Boost Mate. Ah uh, yeah. Uh, where you can run a microphone through. Uh, allows you to run a microphone through guitar pedals with like the proper impedance. Right, right, right. Um, I still have that thing. So uh, that was like, and there's, there's a, we, I also already uploaded the three videos that you and Ariel and I did where I brought a guitar and oh, he brought yeah, a guitar yeah. and then we also did the PRS. Man, the early days, man. Um, so I think, I don't know if there's any ones that are like the, um, fully you though. I'm not sure because we have hit, we have hit some of like the, the, the uh, Titan KR1 but I don't know if you were on camera I did for that it one. that early in yeah. 2016 or like the Jetsons guitar. Wow. Uh, the airline Jetsons yeah, yeah. script, but I don't, I didn't, I, like I said, I scrubbed through the animation to find like a cool screenshot or I scrubbed through the skit to find a cool screenshot, but, um, I don't go past it. Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not rewatching the whole thing. <laughs> so go check them out. Yeah. I've been, I've been playing the the intro clip from this up here, so you saw what we're talking about. Maybe we'll dump some others yeah. in there. I'll use editing this video as an excuse to download a bunch of those so I can do stuff with them. All right. This next ad was sent by Dave Santander. Who, who sent that first one? David oh, Lucas. We didn't say that? Sorry, we David did, Lucas. We did say it. Okay, I, okay. I just forgot. 
this is the... I named this Twin Dragons. I should have named it... Oh, I named it Dragon Siblings. I should have named it Double, Double Dragons. Double Dragons. Yeah. Idiot. I know. Fire. I feel like a real idiot now. Killer Christmas gift, or why not treat yourself for Christmas? Two amazing guitars for one for low Christmas. price. Newly completed, 11-2022. That's almost a year ago. Custom hand-carved Fender Strat style and custom hand-carved Fender Tele style built by me. Using Fender and other quality parts. Who ever, are you? Ever dream of owning this? Uh, who are you is... Um, well, he said it was made by, by me. Custom Scorpion guitars. Okay. Ever dream of owning a fantastic Strat and a killer Tele? Now's your chance. Without breaking the bank. These two warriors are ready to breathe fire into your next gig. And they don't just blow smoke while looking good. Both are killer pro-built and ready to shred all night. Elliot is a fierce Strat style with mouse quiet Fender Gen 4 noiseless pickups playing through CTS pots and a CRL five-way switch. But the custom wiring doesn't stop there. Pot number three is a blender ready to mix the bridge pickup into the neck or neck and middle pickup. That's kind of a cool idea. And the neck pickup into the bridge or bridge and middle pickup. Choose your poison, set your tone, and go to town. His partner is Elizabeth, a smoking hot telly style custom setup in hand card with a Fender Deluxe Drive bridge and a Fender Tex Mex Stratocaster bridge pickup in the neck position. Hey, I thought I panted that. Uh, she can handle anything from smoking blues to fiery rock. I'm so glad. Well, let me get all the way to the end before I say anything too positive. Uh, both dragons have hand carved alder bodies, custom painted by Seattle artist Anastasia Rudenko along with maple neck sporting tench, radius, rosewood fretboards, locking tuners, and specific, specially modified Floyd's Rhodes locking nuts. Elliot is dressed in antique silver, while Elizabeth is gracefully adorned in antique bronze. Finally, this pair isn't shy. They come with all accessories and are ready, equipped, and set up to rock all night. While both are offered separately in other listings, here's your chance to own a pair of customs that will rule over any layer. This is a lot of words for these, Steve. Some other stuff, whatever, whatever. He's asking $2,700 for the Hey, pair. I thought he said he wasn't going to break the bank. Well, I mean, if you, yeah, that's. It's a bit stiff. Like these, I think these look fine in a few ways. I think they look interesting in a few ways. I think they look uh, uh, not fine in a few ways as well. Like, like. I could kick this dragon's ass. Sorry, Elliot, you're going down. I think it. I think the smoke with the names written is dumb. Like this would. These would look like eighty percent cooler if he had skipped that part. Yeah, it looks like they were. It made, looks like chalk. It look. I like that you pronounce the L in chalk. Uh, well, I don't it know looks why I like said it that way. It looks like these were gifts for his children, and they don't want them anymore. Here you go, Elliot. Here you go, Elizabeth. Oh, thanks, yeah. thanks, That's Dad. Sad. Thanks, Dad. And now he, and then they don't play them for a month. And he's like, I'm gonna sell them, <laughs> even though he made them in November. Yeah. Dad, we don't really play guitar. I built you these shredder guitars with Floyd no Rose nuts for some reason. <laughs> yeah, why would you put a it's? It's because he didn't make the necks. It's because those are like Jackson necks or something like that. Yeah, but with a Floyd's rose, with a Floyd rose, neither of us can say Floyd apparently. Yeah, uh, with the nuts on. Yeah, I know. How do you how do you tune it? And also with the nuts on, when you tighten those down, 
oftentimes you can push the strings out of tune because you're yeah, clamping no. down on a string. These don't have a Floyd Rose bridge on them, so there's no micro tuners to adjust for that. It's a bad and dumb thing to do to put a Floyd Rose nut on a guitar that does not have a Floyd Rose. Like there, that's it's it's a it's not a twenty seven hundred dollars for the pair design no. decision that this this person made. I honestly I don't I know that Steve says he can kick the dragon dragon's ass. I think that's a Steve thing where Steve thinks about Look at this dragon. He's like wants his ass kicked. He's like he's like kill me. This is a Steve thing. I I don't kill see that me. when I look at this dragon. That's what I see. He just looks a little dorky. He doesn't look he, like he wants his ass kicked. He looks like No, I'm saying like he's like begging to be killed. I'm not saying he's like a dork. All I'm right. saying like he's like He's like, put me out of my misery, yeah. please. He's like, a thousand, he's been alive for a thousand years, and the guy who carved this guitar is keeping him alive. This guy, this dragon flies straight towards every knight that he can find, hoping yeah. that they'll slay him. And then they Sir, uh, I, don't you think the age of the dragons has ended? Uh, bring it to an end for me, please. Um, I think you make some good points. You know, this is basically 1300 and change per guitar right uh all the hardware at the least at least the hardware on the telecaster looks like it's all from geiker so it's all stuff that you can get on amazon for right. like pretty cheap these are parts instruments that the, the guy did a carving on and honestly i think he should be proud of the carving. the carvings i think the carving even is though, solid even though steve thinks even he can I'm, kick that dragon's ass even though i'm dunking on this dragon i do think the I other think dragon competent. looks good we've certainly seen much 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 yeah. much worse on yeah. this show we've seen so much worse than this this is competent like it's, it's not what i would, would expect out of like a fender master builder or something like that sure but for for someone who's doing this at home likely like I think those are fun. I think they there's a theme there. I think these two guitars definitely need to stay together. They need to stay yeah. brother and sister. They need to stay double dragons together. Put, putting taking the pickup cover off of a strap pickup, presumably in order to fit it into a Telecaster pickup ring, is a choice. Yeah. Um. All of this, all the like chrome or bronze hardware is is pretty interesting. I think that fits the um, theme, though. Yeah, yeah, I think it works. Now, uh, he says the the Floyd Rose locking nuts are specially modified. I don't, I'm not sure how. Oh, and these have locking tuner. Okay, I'm, you got I'm locking so nut, locking tuners. They just a lot, a lot like. So I started to say this earlier. Um, aside from saying that the Elizabeth guitar is a smoking hot telly style custom setup and then later saying that it it is uh gracefully adorned i appreciate that it's not like super cringy like he does earlier refer to these get say that these guitars are two warriors and he maintains that respect for these instruments throughout the rest of the ad Right. Like these are guitars that are like warriors in a more realistic sense and not in like the the you know Dungeons and Dragons somehow the the titanium bikini protects you more than the bronze full body suit. Sure. You like know. if if I was in a band that was like medieval themed 
These could be cool. No, these would be totally cool. They're they're like except once, that they're named Elizabeth and Elliot. Once you get rid of the the smoke and and the the child names on them, uh, like imagine this just kind of a matte, yeah, either wood or black with a little bit of, of wood poking through. Like it's kind of a subdued take on doing this sort of thing. Like we've seen a lot of over the top stuff, but this is going to blend into a stage. It's going to blend in the background, but it's still going to give you that, that kind of like medieval mm -hmm. sort of flair that I, and I think the hardware all works with it. Normally I would probably scoff a little bit at like the aged bronze sort of look. No, I think all the but aesthetic like, choices work. I, something that is bugging my eye a lot though, is that the headstock on the telly style one, the tuners are all they're 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 lined up so that they're vertically yeah, down. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. They're that. They're supposed to follow a right angle off right. of the edge of the headstock, and so it just it looks really weird to me. But then in my mind, I'm like, functionally, it's probably easier to tune it that way with a reversed headstock. But it is catching my eye weird. No, it definitely. I, it it definitely just looks does. wonky. So uh, there's there's a there's a there's a bunch of detail issues here that there there should not be on a $1,300 guitar or $1,350. I, I think you know? if, the, if the pair was $1,500, so $750 for a both, piece, for both. That, to me, that's that's a price where I would, it would be feel like, realistic. okay, like, I get it. I get you. I hear you. Someone who really wants that was, look yeah, is, is going to be like, they're going to suck it up. This you know? is a labor of love from a skilled artisan. Um, It's just not a... I'm not ready fourteen hundred dollars. Without knowing more about the builder, I'm not ready to call them an artisan because in, in well, I'm that saying the carving part. Right, I think is I, good. I think a skilled uh, and talented uh, uh, a hobbyist is the impression a, that a I'm getting. A hobbyist carver, a skilled and talented hobbyist, a George Washington carver. <laughs> yeah, this is full of peanut butter, Steve. <laughs> I bet with a little peanut butter. Uh, in a damp rag, you could rub off the children's yeah. names off of these. You think that's what you think those are children, like his children or something? That's the vibe that I get. Because they, yeah, I think these are. I think these were for for kids. Like that to me, that's what I see. Is I see like this is a matching pair of guitars for mm -hmm. for kids, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm choosing in my own narrative that I've come up with that. It's totally fine. It's totally chill. The kids were just like, oh, I'm not really interested. Thank you, Dad. We really appreciate how hard you worked on this. And that there's not some sort of terrible, devastating story behind him selling these. I mean, I think him selling these is as... Uh, it's I mean, he seems excited to sell it, though. Right. I, I, I'm I betting that he didn't name them after kids or they're not gifts for kids named Elliot or Elizabeth. I think he was sincerely thinking that it would be cool to name the guitars and put the names on the front of them. Yeah. At least one, it's a boy and a girl. It's not all just like, oh, this one's Lizzie. Cause well, I named it after my third girlfriend. And <laughs> she knew how to rock and roll. That's they, what I've already, that I, weird, Ryan, I already made this point. Okay. I, I don't, made, I'm not, ca I'm not catching that vibe at all. Like either this guy has a narrative about these dragons in his mind and he's like, they have names and people need to know their names or these were gifts for his children and his children just were kind of like, thanks, but no thanks dad. But we really appreciate What's you the, and you, we love you. What was, was the dragon in, uh, in Pete's dragon named Elliot? Yes, that was an okay, Elliot. Not, I can't think I'm of not. any dragons named Elizabeth, 
but I, I could see why Elizabeth would would fit with Elliot. So mm-hmm. does that tell us that he named Elliot first, and then he was like, I, I got to I got to come up with a girl's name for the other one. But that the fact that the two names are like kind of similar, like they got that starting L, right, is what Elliot, makes you want to think that they're kids. Is Elliot the name of the dragon? I don't know. I, I haven't seen Pete's dragon it's Pete's in like dragon. thirty years. Pete is the boy. Excuse me. I thought there was an Elliot in there. Pete's dragon. Elliot is also the boy from E.T. But that's not a dragon. That's a little turd alien. Wait, hold on. What if aliens are real? And uh, they they are E.T. Like apparently the dragon's name is Lampy. What? Who are we getting Elliot Lampy? from? No, no, there is an Elliot. Who is it? Hold on. I need Wikipedia to bail me out because there is also a character named Lampy who's played by Mickey Rooney. Right. Okay, so that's Lampy. Yeah. All right. What's the name of the dragon? Yeah, it's a person. It's a human person. He's a a lamplighter, you know? Pete flees uh, with the assistance of an unseen force. He calls Elliot. Ah, he calls it Elliot. So Elliot is revealed Elliot to is be a cartoonish dragon. green yeah. dragon that can turn invisible. Look at how much time we filled on our guitar podcast talking about Pete's So Lampy dragon. is the lighthouse keeper. You know, I'm I'm not someone who's a big Disney lover, but I do have fond memories Are of watching. Are you a big Disney fighter? I'm a Disney fighter for sure. I have fond memories of watching Pete's dragon, and I'm sure it probably doesn't hold up to my childhood memories. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm, I'm yeah. going to try to find it and watch it. I you mean, think every, it's on Disney Plus? Um, probably. It could be one of those ones where we're like, oh, we're not going to release it from the vault, even though vaults don't really need to exist for this technology anymore. Apparently, they also remade it. Yeah, but that was garbage. Uh, In 2016? Yeah, they tried to make it like a tween drama. It's written by David Lowry. I don't know who that is. David Lowry from Camper Van Beethoven? Uh, No, I think it's a a different different one. Different David Lowry. David Lowry that... uh... From the seasoning packets? (laughs) Yeah. Actually, the steakhouse. <laughs> no, he did that movie, The Green Knight. Which one was that? The one that was from a couple years ago. That uh, with that was supposedly really good. Really good. Yeah, with Dev Patel. This one. Oh, I don't remember that one. And he also did Peter Pan and Wendy, the one that everybody hated. So he uh, he struck out two times, but the third one is a charm. Well, no, the Green Knight was before Peter Pan. Oh, uh oh, he's back in the ditch. Sorry, dude. Sorry, David Lowry. All right, let's get back to talking about these guitars. Uh, I'm done talking about them. I, I agree. Them too, I agree right? with you. Half price on this would put it in the realm of like someone's going to be interested for sure. Uh, sometimes I wonder if people make listings with high prices just because they want to show off the the thing that they made mm-hmm, and document mm-hmm. it, which would be a creative way of doing that. I suppose they want to get a they want to get a price. Then maybe like test the waters and see if anyone's interested or something like that. Uh, but yeah, buff off the names, and I think these are cool. They maybe even uh, think about hitting them with your own stain or a quick mm. rattle can to get mm. a different look if you want. Uh, you're, you're not going to use the locking function on the nut. You shouldn't. You don't have to tighten it all the way down yeah. to use those nuts. Which that's that still will function one, as that's nuts. That's what makes me wonder when it says they're like custom modified. Like maybe there's something in there where it's like you have the nuts on there, but uh, they don't actually do anything. You just just loosen them, them a bit. Like, yeah. that's fine. Well, that's it, what I'm saying. Like maybe there's something about them that right. prevents you from actually tightening them all the way down. And there's a couple wonky details, but I, I think, I think there's, I, 
I think they're cool enough. All right. What next, Steve? What's new, man? You got anything new? <sighs> what do I have anything new? Anything coming up on the channel that we should know about? I mean, kids are back in school. So now Finally. I... Now, like... Now you can dedicate all of your time to this to this uh, channel. The last week of summer break, mm-hmm. it started becoming very, very apparent to me. Like I was really feeling just how much the kids interrupt workflow, you know, <laughs> throughout the day. Uh, so I've I've been looking forward to this time, even though we recorded this before. Uh, this is actually actualized into reality. Right. Like this is still the the week before they go to school, but. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, and I hate to say that because I enjoy my kids. I I like I love spending time with them during summer break. And this past summer, I've used the fact that we had all those uh, the sweet water videos to kind of pad out my week and give me a free day throughout the week, so that yeah. we could, like go to the beach and and do some fun things and stuff. Tomorrow we're going to go to a water park uh, because the the sweet water uh, little videos that we made. The sweet water park. Sweet water park. <laughs> go down the sweet water water slide. Um, like I've been enjoying summer break, but man, I also like I'm really looking forward to just being able to hunker down and have quality work time from eight o'clock to two thirty in the afternoon. Right, right. You know, it's like shooting is one thing. Like it's, it's, the things have flipped because it used to be shooting was impossible because they were young and they would just cry randomly mm-hmm. and scream and throw fits randomly. It's like great, I've got to take a break in the middle shooting something and to go manage and, and help with a screaming infant. Now it's flipped or it's like, if I'm in here, they leave me alone. I can shoot in here just fine. But editing has become oh, so yeah. hard with the kids because they see me sitting at the desk and it's just all day like, Dad, can you make me this thing? Dad, can you pour me a cup of water even though I know how to do it? Dad, no. I, Dad, I'm, <laughs> you know, like, Dad, can, can you help me find a show? Dad, like all this, like... Yeah. And yeah. it's like it, it's all cats in the cradle, heartbreaking stuff. Where I feel <laughs> awful. Like I, I'm, I'm making light of it now. But it's like, yes, I do want to come play with you. Yes, I do want to go with yeah, you and kid, mom too. Your kids, like, can you yeah. pour, can you pour pour me a cup of milk? Uh, you already know how to do that. Yeah, but just imagine that someday you won't right. be you won't uh, I, I won't be around for you to pour a cup of. I milk was for just me thinking that like at some point in our life, it's the last time that our parents pour a glass of milk for us and we're never, we don't uh, know what's uh, happening when it happens, you know? And you were just like, kid, it was last week. Shut if, the hell up. If kids were smart, <laughs> if kids were, were like emotionally smart, they could manipulate me oh my so gosh. hard. Oh my God. Dad, this could be the last time you pour me a glass of milk. That's true. I could die any moment. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I got diabetes. It's real bad. It's looking bleak. <laughs> Oh, it's not that bad. I'm managing it. Come on. I don't know. I got it. I got at least another three or four years in me. <laughs> but you never know. You yeah, never yeah, know. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna be. You uh, had to leave the house to go buy dinner tonight. Usually, I do it on my way in. You had to go do it. You could have gotten hit by a could, truck. Yeah, yeah. You had to cross Mira Mesa Boulevard. It's dangerous probably, out there. Yeah. You know, all I wanted was a Pepsi. I could you know probably get hit by, hit by a bus anyways. You know, like. But that—that's my what's new is looking forward to working, which is a bizarre thing to boring thing to look forward. You're really to. looking forward to participating I am in looking our forward, capitalistic society. No, I'm once looking again. forward to working efficiently so I have a better use of my time, right. so I can have more time to do things that I like to do here and there. You know, have some fun. And, so, and quiet. What's, what's new with you, Steve? Um, 
I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. He doesn't know. I went to a doctor finally. It's not that nothing happened. It's that, like you actually don't know. Speaking of, no speaking one will of, tell you speak, what's new. Speaking of diabetes, I got blood drawn yesterday. And so I'll, I'll, whenever I should have the results back by the time this publishes, but it's the first time I've gotten a blood test in like three years. So I'm real looking for two years, two years, I guess. Maybe you'll join me in the D club. Yeah. I figure I probably have to have a couple blood tests that look real bad, but. Unless it's like well, you real, have to have, real bad. You have to have a, a, a place to start so you can impress the doctors with how much you can fix it. <laughs> you mean how? I'm going to eat three sticks of celery this week. Well, I already told I already told uh, the PA, I go, you know, the last time I got my blood drawn was like 2021. Mm. And, uh, and at the time... Uh, the doctor was like, well, yeah, it's not looking great, but like you should, <laughs> but you should like, you're on, you're on a bad path, but it's not too late. You should just try like, oh, you like running? Like you should just try running like once a week. And like, maybe like, instead of having two beers, when you go like for happy hour, just try having one beer. So now you're going down from six to five. And uh, he took his advice as one less literal. And like all this, all <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, all like that kind of stuff, right? And I told the the physician's assistant, I go, that was 2021. I think like since then I've gained 30 pounds. Right. I was like, it's friggin' COVID, man. Like the whole time. And yeah. then then with the move, I'm just like, uh, oh yeah. You got to move, and you've got a much more intense commute now. Like that's that's a recipe for I like spend th- probably two to like two and a half to three hours a day just dr- sitting because I have no other option. Right. When I get into the office, I probably should use the standing desk the entire time I'm in the office. Mm. Or but, you should get a standing car. But my legs are so weakened by all the time I spend in my car that I can't stand for that long anymore. Your legs are weakened. Yeah, I can't stand for six straight hours. You're not supposed to with this. Right, desk, right, right. You're supposed to ha- have one of those bouncy balls. That, yeah. Well, whatever. you're supposed to like stand for like an hour and then sit for an hour. I want, anyway, a, I want a lay down desk. Honestly, I'm, I'm really, I'm really interested in seeing this blood work. I'm like a little nervous about it, mm. but. but you're also feeling a little nerdy about it. Aren't you? Like, you yeah, want to know, like, I want to know, I want to yeah, see stats. the numbers. I want to see how, how much they have or how, if they haven't changed, I'd be like, yeah, genetics. But then I know, yeah. I know my mom who my mom was like, nearly vegetarian right uh was pre-diabetic at one point and they were like yeah it's because you eat too much white rice <laughs> that'll do it um, I, I know i know you're gonna be like well what's kind of sodium are they referring to you know like yeah. that sort yeah. of nerdery yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. one kind is like this bad and the other one's like double bad that i mean there's like i know i know how you look at things yeah well, which cholesterol is it? Right, right, right. Could we? Could I get a chart on this one stat, please? But um, yeah, otherwise, they're like, sir, this is a Kaiser. Like we uh, we, we barely provide healthcare at all. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> um, you you're know, lucky we actually tested it. We could have just made it up. I'm not intentionally taking a break from buying gear, but like mm. I'm kind of like at a point where. Uh, I mean, I've been at this point for a while where I have more stuff than I can use, and I'm not playing. I think you've been buying all. I think you need to move out of your buying gear, uh, uh, part of your life, and move into the trying the gear you bought. No, I do. That's a, that's exactly what it is, and and so I think, um, that and you know I need to keep practicing I think my ultimate goal and I'm I think I'm kind of far away from it but I would really love to like bring back the gas and go and like 
I think about that as like that's a thing. You're not like, wrong. If it's only if it's only needs to be like a minute or two long, if I can put together like four riffs, I could take over. Mm, gas you want to gas and go? I want to gas and go. Ah, but I also like I say that out loud. I'm like that's an 18 month project. I think for me to get to where I need to be, but I, I need but I need to start on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The journey of a thousand miles starts with a single step, Ryan. I have thought about re rebooting gas and go as a strictly um social media format vertical social media oh yeah reels no, and tiktok cool. and like uh, a minute limit mm-hmm. it's just like here's a pedal here's riffs and the way i would mix it up from the previous format is uh i would have like a close-up of my face so you'd see me like mm. You know, like a little cutout. Yeah, yeah, like a, maybe maybe a little bubble or something like that, and that would just be it. And the, I I've been thinking about it as something I can charge for, mm-hmm. and it's like because I've I've had two tiers of demo forever now. Right. I have a detailed demo, and then I have an unboxing. That's why you see so many unboxing formats on here, and it just it's about the amount of time that it takes me to do something. And a lot of people say like, oh, if you if you if you're selling packages, you need to have three. You need to have a bottom, a top, mm-hmm. and a middle. And most people will buy the middle, so that's like your money maker. But the the top and the bottom are for like the fringes. Mm-hmm. It would be fun to have a fringe option. It's like you want to be on on sixty cycle hum social media. You know, like this is fifty percent cheaper than the middle right. tier. You know, right. like the the top tier is double the middle. Then, then this social media tier could be fifty percent of that. And see, the way I'm envisioning it is, it's there being a super budget tier, where it's like you don't get a timeline, and Steve is going to play your demo. That's the super budget. <laughs> right, right. It's yeah, a super budget. It's, tier. it's a ten time multiplier it's on like, the price. It's yeah. like a, you, it's like a questionable player. And, Wait, listen. And you might never get your video. <laughs> but listen. Listen, but you want to increase the price. We'll make it so ex- we'll make it so expensive that you shoot it and I'll edit it, and oh neither of us will have to work for the rest of the month. <laughs> That's stupid. It's a hundred thousand dollar demo, and then oh KDH can make a video about it and Casino Guitars <laughs> together. They can finally make a video together. That's really my what. And you can have this this complete just like singularity of misinformation. <laughs> That's really been my what's new. Let's not. Can we please? Just how I already said enough. <laughs> mentally drained I am by Steve has been watching things on the internet. KDH videos. And he, he's so frustrated by, by how much like just speculation and misinformation. Uh, <laughs> I've just what it is is like the PV thing is fascinating to me. Like the whole PV thing is fascinating. Let's to me. please not get into details. I like talked, I talked, you, you should, you and KDH should do a video I know, together. I know. That's what I, I would pay to see that. I talked about, I talked about it on the live stream. You'll just detail him to ago. death. So just go watch that. I talked <laughs> me and me and Philip Carter talked about it. That's all you need to know. Go watch it. Go watch that. <laughs> Not enough people watch those. It's because you're doing them Sunday mornings and everyone's brunching their guts out. I guess. <laughs> but it's, I like but it's the guys, best time that I have. I, I like that you guys do it. I think it's really neat. I think it's a really neat yeah. addition to the channel. It's the time that I have. Yeah. Like like Philip Carter is a, like, a, like technically a part of the 60 Cycle Hum channel now. It's, yeah. it's kind of cool. And he's a super Gibson fanboy, which is makes yeah, it Apparently he all, hates all white pit guards. Yeah. All right. Whatever. <laughs> All well, right, I don't like Gibsons very much. You know what? I didn't mean to hurt your feelings, you know Philip. You know what? It's uh, fine to like Gibsons. Ryan, I got you got a box over there. Why don't you go grab a, those you know, other string joys out of there? Okay, quick. okay. 
Yeah, I, I did a quick quick thing. Yeah, I've re- I've realized that me coming around on Gibson and being like, oh, you know, what? I I really see like the value and quality in Gibsons that people mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. people look for. I think it has it exclusively has to do with the fact that there's people in my life that I really enjoy and respect as people who are Gibson people, and I'm like, <laughs> if they like them, there must be something good about them, you know. Yeah. Uh, this episode's brought to you by String Joy, and the reason I'm having Ryan go grab those is because I was going to segue, but then I realized there's no clean way to segue. Those are the String Joy uh, orbiters. I keep wanting to call them the orbits. This is the orbiter in 10F. This is what I have on my uh, oh, yeah. Gibson Les Paul Studio lights. You've been, you've been sucking up that sponsorship for so long, Steve. This is your first time throwing a set on, on a guitar, isn't yeah. it? Uh, what do so you think? They're, I really like them. They play great. They play. Fan- I mean, that guitar already played fantastic. And as uh, you like to say, these are strings. Um, but, Any guitar, but they're hanging from the wall. Right. Uh, that guitar. So the real test is that guitar, uh, for whatever reason, likes to rust strings, even though none of my other guitars do. So I'm putting these to the test. So far, I've had them on, I think, for a month, and they still play great. So, and they're just hanging on my wall. And it's like that new style of coated string yeah. where it's like you can't really tell that it's coated. It just feels a little oilier. Yep. Like, I love that. I it's love an that. enamel coated nickel plated steel wrap I, wire. I forget. Oh, it was that Enya guitar, that carbon mm. fiber. I sold it to, to Robert McDowell. I, 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 assuming that he loves it because he really, really liked it the first yep. uh, week that I sent it to him. Uh, but it has elixirs on it. Mm hmm. And they were doing the old school elixir oh, thing yeah. where they like they're the they're fraying and they're fuzzing yep. it, in your picking area, and it's like this again. And I haven't I've I've got these on a bunch of guitars. Yeah, I can't remember which guitars have these on them because they don't do anything just like feel, that. Yeah, they just, they just feel, feel slick. They just feel new all the time. They just feel kind of like, um, they, they they're they you can tell that they're not new after, you know, like 6 months of being on there right. and being out in the elements. Like the, these aren't brand new strings, but they're still like smooth, slick, smooth metal that feel good on your fingers, you know? Yeah, if you're not if you don't uh, you know, you you're just coated strings aren't for you you already know you you don't know because you haven't tried these ones but if you don't want to try these ones that's fine they've got the signatures too just a classic nickel plated steel wrap string so everything for the for any kind of player they're strings electric and electric you use strings i know you do because you're watching a guitar podcast and and no normal person would do this unless they used strings in their life I like them. We Steve gotta, likes we them now. We actually have at least a couple. Use our link down below. Play guitar. Code but. HUM at checkout to save 10%. And it's an affiliate link down below. So it helps us out if you use it. We'll get a little bit, a little bit of cut there. Right. Steve and I split it down the middle. Uh, you want to talk about uh, building a parts caster? It's actually caster. a decent cut. It's actually not bad. You want to talk about building a parts caster telecaster? Well, yeah, that was a, a topic suggestion here, Steve. So let me uh, let me open that up so we can make sure that we get the question correct. We want to address all the fine details okay. of this wonderfully nuanced comment uh, that we got from Ralph M. Pacheco the second. Uh, I'm assuming his father or mother were also named Ralph M. Pacheco the first. Mm. Talk about probably his mother. Mm. Probably talk about parts casters, maybe start a budget telecaster, but seeking out good body and neck. If not that 
let's discuss the best taco shops. So we're going to do that. We're going to talk about taco shops. Yeah, the answer is Squire <laughs> Classic Vibe. You buy two of them. You swap the parts to be what you want. Bam, swap, best parts yeah, come, Make your own paranormal stuff at home. No yeah. one will know the difference. Buy two different Squires and swap the parts around. You can do it. Now, honestly, like really quickly, like that's my style of parts castering. Mm -hmm. Like buying a warm-up neck and stuff like that can be fun. And getting like a you know, oh this one's zebra wood you can't buy that I like I like making chimeras I like right. buying a dean and throwing a squire neck on it and throwing the dean neck on an ibanez and it just, everything gets mixed up and you're throwing the jaguar pickups into mm -hmm. a Kramer and thing like that's the kind of like homebrew DIY stuff that I like the parts casters that I like right yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about taco shops what do you look for in a taco shop Steve uh, a rating between three and four. Because mm, too good, and it's like that's that's like tourist you know, food. You know, it's it's. It, I'll say it's real tough, right? Like I love food. I want to oh. call myself a foodie. I'm not like picky enough to be a foodie. That is interesting to think about because I don't think I'm skilled enough of a of like a. I, On I one side of being a foodie, like. You cannot be picky. You, if you're a foodie, you right. can't be like, oh, I don't like sour cream. That's me. On the other side of foodie, you don't like anything. <laughs> yeah. My, you, or are, you, don't you are or you don't dislike it. You anything. are just fine picking every little thing. Like, oh, I thought that aioli was a little bit too much A, not enough oli. Yeah, you know my, what and I my mean? problem is, is, is like, you go like, you know, you go to some place and they go like, you eat it and you go like, oh, wow, that was really good. And they go, what do you think of the aioli? I'm like, that wasn't mayonnaise? You sure? That was just mayonnaise, right? I thought it was Miracle Whip. It's <laughs> <laughs> just mayonnaise. Everyone has, most, the vast majority of people care about food and have things they enjoy and don't yeah. enjoy about food. And all those things come into play when Going you're to, talking when about taco, taco shop. shops and where we live. It might, it's probably different where you live. But here, taco shops are like the local fair. It is right. like it's it's it is there's there's mom and pops all over the mm -hmm. place. There's chains as well, and it's stuff that you can't find nationally. We have our own things here, and everyone they're all a little different, and everyone has their favorite thing where they're like, oh, they have the best red sauce over there. That that yeah. place over there does yeah. the best quesadillas. That place that's the place to get California burritos. You know, like everyone has their little thing so where, where this is going to be hyper local geography stuff but let's do one each your favorite actual favorite taco shop i mean in, it's the same thing in the area it's been the same thing for years lolita's i, I have their hoodie there i wear it all winter long it's lolita's i grew up on that stuff it tastes like home there, there you, you go. Know, that's that's what I would say. It tastes people, you know. Oh, it's oh, it, the prices have gone up, and this and that. And yeah, but it still tastes like home. Yeah, I am gonna blow up a spot that I I thought about Just like the, filming it to show people and talking about it in local food groups, but I actually don't want it to get popular. Oh my gosh! Because then I won't be able to go. I have found my my favorite Mexican food restaurant, my favorite taco shop. I think. Because it, it does remind me of, like, the way taco shops were more in my area in, in my teen years. Mm -hmm. Like, the food, like, kind of hits that a little bit better. Like, okay. like, like Cotijan locally has gone downhill a little bit. Sure. Like, it's not doing what it used to be when it was, like, in Alberto's. Yeah. This taco shop is a food truck parked at the landfill. <laughs> 
<laughs> you have to go through the gates of the landfill or the, the, the way station, but you can go around the side. Uh-huh. And it's only open when the landfill's open, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's, it's legit good. It's le- it's like legitimately good. Is that the entrance like off convoy? Yes, on convoy. And I'm only doing this on the podcast because I know m- maybe may- maybe a dozen people yeah. watching the podcast live in San Diego. Do you have to pay to get into the landfill? No, no. Oh, just only if you have stuff. Yeah, you, you go if you make it there mm-hmm. at some point. You go just around the right side there, and there's a lane okay. that you don't have to go through the way stations, and you don't have to pay anything to go in. I think you do if you're bringing junk in. Right. But if anyone asks you, just go like, oh, I'm going to the taco shop. And they just go, oh, oh yeah, yeah, of course you are. Yeah, yeah. I have never been there, but I've heard. Have you ever gone to Stars and Stripes? No. I've heard Stars and Stripes is killer. So what do you what do you look for? Like, what are some highlighted the details that you look uh, for in a taco shop? So um, there's certain qualities of things. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certain... Um, that are just my preference. And I've, I have found that some places do things better than others. And there's um, certain dishes that you can use to just gauge. Yeah. So that's what, what you, I was going to get at is for me and a lot of people, especially like LA, 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 uh, and, have you had the tacos in LA? I think Tex-Mex people, they're all going to like cringe a little when I say this, but to me, the, that hallmark dish is shredded beef taco. If your hard shell you, isn't good, if your beef is like too wet, I'm out. And when when you get hard shell tacos here at Taco Stands, it's not like a Taco Bell no. hard shell. It's not it's not that Doritos taco oh, shell. Oh no. It is it is a f- corn tortilla that has been fried in shop. They dip it in yeah. the oil and they fold it and they yeah. fry it. And then they'll, they'll do the shredded beef inside of it. Yeah. And I can confirm Steve is a lover of this genre of taco. I've that seen him order it many my, times. That is my, my go-to. My family growing up would make that style of taco at home yeah they I, would they would fry the tortilla and make their own shells i stuff. think doing that that type of taco well is harder than doing yeah like a carne asada taco like i love carne asada i love carnitas taco carnitas i think is my other benchmark well the, food. the other style of, of taco in san diego is very much like a baja tijuana yeah. the soft street taco style thing where yeah. it's 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 you, the la street taco it, it's it's a soft fresh Corn tortilla. Yeah. Sometimes it's smaller, like a street taco, and sometimes it's, it's decent size. But it's this soft corn tortilla style taco. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, so if you're imagining a Taco Bell taco in any of this conversation, that you're imagining it wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a place for that. There's Odd, a place. Oddly enough, now you say that, and I've never thought about it. The ingredients are very different. Like the, what's on the inside is very different. Mm-hmm. But. The Jack in a Box taco is it's kind of the most to being of op- authentic San Diego taco experience That's than Taco Bell, Del Taco, any of that Ortega shit. I mean, but I I I look at like, but we don't do yeah. but like ground beef is not a San Diego right like that. You don't find that at, at local taco shops. Yeah. It's just in Jack in a Box tacos because it's that. Meat well, barely fa- meat. That's a fa- that's a very Tex Mexy sort yeah. of influence as well. Um. So there's certain things that I use to. Yeah. What, as, what are your benchmarks? My bench. One benchmark is like to figure out like it's just different dishes. Mm-hmm. A place as good at carnitas, if you can tell that it was fried in oil a little bit, mm-hmm. like if you get that char that 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 caramelization yeah. on one side, it's like this was in a pan with oil and they did the whole thing. A lot of times you get carnitas and it'll just be like 
it's 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 some sort of steamed pulled pork. Yeah, this you was, know they did the seasonings, a, or but they didn't they didn't commit to getting that that crust on it. That yeah. crust is really where it's at. They threw a they threw a pork shoulder into a pot, and they've been boiling it for the last since they Which opened is still, up. It's, it's still delicious. Good, yeah. It is still. Del- I've never had bad carnitas, but oh, I when, have. when it gets that crust on it, like that is mm, so good. I've had bad carnitas from Cotijan. Usually yeah, their carnitas is I pretty don't, good, but I don't expect the Cotijon is a convenience location at this point. <laughs> uh, like a California burrito is a, a really solid benchmark, but mm-hmm. I think I think you could pull that back a little bit and just go a carne asada burrito think, is a, is a real serious benchmark, and yeah. it's 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 a real low bar. Like you have to be really bad to not make a good carne asada burrito, and I think that says a lot. Yeah. You know, yeah. like if, if it's dry at all, what did yep. you do? If it's too wet, what the hell? Why is this soup? But you want that like inch of grease at the bottom. If you don't mm-hmm. have that, then mm-hmm. there's something mm-hmm. wrong. You know, whether or not the cheese gets melted or things like that. It, all the tortillas in San Diego are pretty much on par with each other. Yeah. I've never I, had a bad I, tortilla. I feel like a lot of places are kind of all sourcing from the same like three t- is whoever's making for tortillerias for porky lands i think it's yeah, all the same land. place yeah this um, is such a like, like local conversation but who cares it's the summer we're having fun one of one of the things that i'll say like you mentioned carne asada um i feel like and again this is a thing that i kind of think separates san diego and maybe a west coast thing from something like tex-mex if i eat carne asada and i think Oh wow, this is really good steak. Then it's not carne asada. Like to me, carne asada is not steak. It's not like it's not supposed to be a t- like it, that drives me a little nuts. And it's good it's every hard time. To describe. It's good every time I get a steak style dish of carne asada from a restaurant, like a sit down yeah. restaurant or something like that. It's good. Like when it is like the the you know like this the skirt steak or the flap steak or whatever. Yeah. This it's it's marinated really nice and cut, and you, there's still a little pink in there. That's delicious. Of course, mm-hmm. it's a steak. Oh yeah. But the the San Diego burrito taco shop carne asada is it's this very thin cut piece of meat and it's not a premium piece of steak by any measure who knows what it's coming out of uh (laughs) there's nothing wrong with it but it's like it is not it's not a steak i don't it is it is almost lunch meat how thin it is it's almost like a philly cheesesteak and the the way the way that it's diced up pretty pretty small so it's like you don't actually have to chew the stuff you can swallow it whenever i see a big piece of the lolita's carne asada it looks like it's been tenderized. I don't know if it. Mm. I don't know if they, they probably do like is. hammer tenderize it, or they run it, it through a thing, you know. But it looks like, and so like again, that's where it's a it's a thin. It almost doesn't look like beef anymore. Whereas a lot of places when they do carne asada, you're like, oh, this is clearly like you said, like a flank steak or whatever. Right, right. Like this looks like you cooked a steak and then you cut it up. Right. It's like a it's like a skirt steak or Which a flat I almost, iron. Or I something almost wonder like that. if that's a, what the difference is whether or not they cook, like places that cut it before they cook versus places that cut it after they cook. But I don't mm. actually know how Lolita's cooks theirs. I just know what the output is different than a lot of other places. Right, right. Like. Well, like it, what carne asada is is this marinated thin slice yeah. of beef that, and then at, at these taco shops, they just they either have a they put it in the full piece. On the mm-hmm. flat top, or they they scoop the the diced up meat that's pre diced up, 
and they they just sear it on the grill and then they put it in a burrito that's about this big and with a little bit of pico fresh salsa and a little bit of cheese and a little bit of guac and you're off to the races so that's where i was going to say i and it's like it's a tube of beef and it's usually like these days it's like 10 bucks you know i'm glad you picked out or went with the carne asada burrito because i think the california burrito has so much variation shop to shop does and it's it's like can be so subjective yeah whereas i think that like you said like the the to me, a carne asada burrito is carne asada, uh, pico, maybe. I've, some places do like the pico guac combo, um, but usually it's just like, yeah, carne asada pico. I don't even know if most places really do cheese. I think there's usually a little bit of cheese. Uh, maybe like cotija cheese. Right, right. Like but, just a light. But there's usually, you, there's usually guac in there. It kind of goes like 60-40 with sour cream, and I always order without. Yeah. And you, like, I think most most places I've been do not put sour cream on a carne asada burrito. Dude, um, I got I got one a while ago from a shop that consistently tells me and you that they don't put sour cream on the burrito, so don't tell them not to put it on there. I got sour cream on my burrito because I, I didn't say it. Oh man, that's yeah. California burrito, I'm a little pickier with. Again, it's the fries. I'm like a very simple. So California burrito is a carne asada burrito. Only they throw a bunch of French fries in there yeah. with it, and it usually has. It usually definitely has cheese. Yeah, yeah. So those are the three core ingredients, right? Carne asada, fries, cheese. In my opinion, in I think a lot of people's opinion. Well, it usually has pico in there too. I, I no. Yeah, I don't think most places do pico. Yeah, in California, pico is a later edition. All right, pico is a later edition. All right, all right. I do not. This is a serious I, business on a guitar I, podcast. I prefer my California burrito without pico. Uh, so when I. That sour what? cream yes guac maybe M- my wife she subs substitutes guacamole in and takes sour cream out i usually leave sour cream in and don't add the guac because i'm not going to pay an extra two bucks so i used to have a job up north in san marcos mm-hmm. and there was a, a mexican shop up there and that, at that time california burritos hadn't made it that far north and at least not to that right. shop so it wasn't on the menu so i had to i had to teach the lady at the shop because i was going there three times a week for my lunch breaks mm-hmm like what a California burrito was and how to make it. And I have to special oh order gosh. it. Uh, and but they st- had fries. They do. Have, they did have fries. Cause they had car, carne asada fries have been on the menu of every taco shop for, for 30 years now. Uh, so they have fries, but I would, I would, I would tell her like, Oh, here's how you make it. Here's the things. And I started getting like a little power hungry and I was like, I can just tell them what to put in a burrito. Oh my and I started having them throw bake, uh, throw refried beans in there. Okay. And so I was having a variation of a California burrito that also had refried beans in it. Sounds terrible, but you it know. was no, it was good. And I just now remembered that eighteen years later or something like that. And I'm wondering if that's on the menu now. Like if it, if this taco shop now thinks that California burritos have refried beans in them because some weird white dude came in and I mean, ordered there, it. There's a place on Miramar. Uh, there's DeSoto's, there's Rigo's. I forget what the name of this other place is. But when you order carne asada fries there, like it's basically a freaking seven layer dip. Yeah. With fries in it. So it's got beans. It's got. Oh, yeah. That's how they are. It's got all of that. Oh, man. Uh, like a good. I like the Al Pastor fries these days. Like, because it's. it's uh, so it, w- when you get the, when you get that from the Al Pastor fries from Cotillon, it has beans in it? No, but I wish it did. 
Oh, interesting. Alpha so, fries with beans would be killer. So, um, oh, here we go. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna find this link. I'm gonna put a link in the. I will, I'm having fun going off topic with you, Steve. This is great. I'm gonna put a link to the California burrito documentary. Ooh! Uh, in the description, guys, check it out. There's a whole uh, documentary about it. It's it's like a 10 or 15 minute video. Right, right. They they go back. They interview. Um, they interview like one of the one of the birdos. They interview. Um, I think one of the. No, they they interview one of the Birdos. They interview, um, I think, the guy who who owns JV's, which I've never yeah. been to, but is one of the the classic San Diego shops. And they interview the Far fans who own Lolitas, mm. and it kind of tells a story. The California burrito is a burrito that nobody knows who who created it first. It's a true local food. There is a consensus. The story is that there was a taco shop across the street from a McDonald's. Possibly the Mission Beach Roberto's might have been the first place, which I don't think is a Roberto's anymore. Uh, that basically surfers would come out of the water, they'd go to a McDonald's or they go to some place that had fries. They'd just only order fries, and then they'd take it to a taco shop and say, "I want a carne asada burrito, or carne asada burrito, but put these fries in it." So the place didn't make fries. They people would bring fries from like a fast food place and say, "I want this in a burrito." But at least in the documentary, it's pretty much consensus that Lolita's was the first place to put it on their menu. Okay, there you so, go. So this is serious business, guys. Very serious, but it, but it's a cool like it's a, I think it, it's, it's a, a nice little look into local food. It's um, also a really interesting scene that we have here because a lot of places have have great Mexican. Yeah, San Diego is on the map of being one of those places, but it's unique oh. in that. <laughs> A lot of what we have is because one family opened a couple shops and then employees of those shops opened their own oh, shop yeah. And, yeah, and, for sure. and so on and so on. And now we have all these variations of this original model. Two cousins hated each other, right, but, right. They, but they both got inheritance. So. And, and so there, there's these independent like and, yeah. and and micro chains where it's like oh there's three of these mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's a, one family who runs some sort of thing. But all these little independent shops – and uh, micro chains and family operations that are all hyper local, mm-hmm. and they all they they all adjust their menu, menus with little trends, and you end up with these menus that have you know a hundred items on them and stuff. Because over the years, like locals yeah. have come up with all these variations that they want, and like it, and it's there's just something beautiful about the scene, and it's very it, even though like they're all independent organizations, it, there is a definite scene and style to it. Yeah. Which well, is really compelling. It's interesting how like delis do that too. Like every deli mm. has, and I don't know why, but every deli has like a San Diego sandwich. And at most places it's like cream cheese and Turkey and avocado. And yeah. All, yeah something like that. Right. Um, and I don't know why that is. And I don't know why they're all the same, but it's probably something like that. Like, Oh, can you make this? Oh, it's, right. Yeah, this other and then you come to San Diego it. and our, our San Diego food is this greasy four pound burrito that's full of <laughs> French fries and guacamole and cheese and, so, and, and, and a flat top seared steak. <laughs> yeah. Some, something that I kind of got into and I don't watch them all the time, but I, I kind of, I think they're really neat is um, there's a few like food YouTubers in Southern California that are like more, they're smaller. Uh-huh. Like you wouldn't, they're not like, you know, uh, 
your Alton Browns or whatever. Those sure, I sure. guess those guys aren't YouTubers. I mean, we got Sam right? the Cooking Guy. Right, but I'm saying like they, I wouldn't even say they're like a Sam the Cooking Guy. They're guys like us. Right, sure, totally. Who are, who are just like, hey, like we could we could literally do this. Like, hey, say we're going to take you to our five favorite uh, carne asada burrito places and you just go shop to shop. They, so I've watched a couple for San Diego. Whereas we could do a one a week, like every California burrito in San Diego, and it would last three years. Yeah. You know? we, I, the video that I watched was like a guy who just goes to like the five best taco shops. Right. And, he, and then he like admits right away, like, I'm not going to go to the five best. I'm going to go to like my favorite and four others that I've heard have like a really good reputation. He calls ahead. So he actually gets to talk to the owners and stuff. That's the reason I don't um, do this stuff. I yeah. don't want to do that. Uh, but what, where I'm going is I have to imagine like a lot of cities have this particularly like with either a major food. If you have like, I should say like any city that has independent food. So one of the ones they did for San Diego and that's kind of more interesting is, is pizza. Mm. San Diego doesn't have like its own pizza. San Diego is a notoriously bad pizza city. Uh, in like, uh, we have a bad reputation for pizza. I here here's what here's what I would observe. We have all the normal chains, your Papa John's, right. your Pizza Huts, your Domino's, your your Little Caesars, that sort of stuff. I'm trying to think of bad pizza that we have. We we don't like you said we don't have a style, and so everywhere yeah. everywhere is kind yeah. of swinging for the fences in different directions. Yeah, you know, and I think when people think of California style pizza or something. They do think of thinking, CPK. They're thinking of the chain California pizza kitchen, yeah, which is which an airport help. food yeah. chain. Like that doesn't represent any of us. Like I'll have a barbecue chicken pizza. Sure. Well, they but also, it's like, it they, doesn't, it doesn't represent the, 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 the locality here. There's right. nothing about that. That's like, Oh yeah, that's definitely, that's the pizza. The way my grandma used to make it. no, that some company came up with that and they call right. themselves California pizza, pizza kitchen. Like this, that's not a yeah. local flavor. It um, just exists and has our name on it. So you know? these guys, when they did it, they went to, um, they went to Bronx, of course, Bronx pizza. They went to Buona Forchetta. They went to, Oh no, they went to people Fr- are still listening to this guitar podcast. They, not they knowing went, what's going on. They went to friendlies for ha- the hamburger at friendlies. Okay. Um, so my whole, whole point is, is these are like, uh, YouTubers that focus on small food, food places. A lot of times hole in the wall places in this, in San Diego, they either they're Southern Californians, maybe not necessarily San Diegans. If you have that in your town, like, Hey, yeah, you could, you could just find the top YouTuber who will tell you like what the best Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia is. But here's this guy who like, he's only got a hundred thousand subs. And he like specializes. He's not just doing Philly cheesesteak. He's also done Philly pizza. He's doing one hundred thousand subs. Philly Philly Indians. Like he's a whatever. sub channel. Yeah. Sub sub sandwiches. He's doing you know he's or like whatever like for your town that you want you want to watch and be like yeah I've been to some of these places. Post those in the comments. I want to watch them. I yeah. want to know like I want to know what the best taco shop in Cleveland is. Yeah, something something I just thought about is you were mentioning how like places will have like here's the San Diego Central or here's the California yeah. whatever and it's always something that's health food adjacent. Think of any local food, like you know, a local specialty food that is a, a healthy food, that is a lighter option. It's always Philly cheesesteak, Chicago pizza. It's it's always some great, it's some giant Reuben or something like that. It's, it's, it's always something heavy 
and satisfying and fatty yeah. and carby yeah. and starchy and cheesy and oily. That is what people like actual people crave and what becomes like a local fare. Like in, in Hawaii, you think of Hawaii, you're like, oh, coconuts and pineapple and fresh fish. They're they're like thing is a hamburger patty on rice covered in brown gravy. What's that called? That uh, the local mocha. Oh, that's local mocha. And then okay. and like yeah. spam. So I was gonna masubi. say spam subi. Yeah, we're spam instead of fish yeah. wrapped around rice with a little bit of seaweed, and they eat spam sushi. Yeah, like that's that's what people, what cultures mm-hmm. come together on and designate as local fare, as like their their local specialty is these rich fatty heavy starchy salty sorts of things if you are watching this still an hour and 16 in holy hell (laughs) so uh, sorry and you are over the age of like 30 you probably remember a show called man versus food right i will probably until the day that i die be a little irked that when Adam Richmond came to San Diego to do a food challenge. He did the fucking broken yolk omelet challenge. Right. Like, come on, man. Come on. The so broken yolk, it's fine. Like every town's got an omelet. Broken yolk is just like any other hipster fucking breakfast place. It's not even hipster. It's, it's it, you're right. It's, well, yeah. I think at the time it was like kind of hipster. It's a, it's trying to be local breakfast Applebee's now. I yeah yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's my gripe. Uh, but I want to hear, I want to know what, do I you know, know of any food? other San Diego food challenges? Cause I at don't. the time he could have done the TJ hot dog challenge at Lucha Libre. Oh. He did go there and I think have a TJ hot dog, but he could have done the, t- that wasn't like an eat this eat. It was eat more than the, the problem last person. is it was just eat more than the last person. And I think typically he does like the eat right, right. A set amount. I feel like it was still pretty low. Like there hadn't been any pro eaters uh, yeah, at the time up. that he had done at the time he went there. I think the record was in the teens. Still. Right. It was like 19. Yeah. Yeah. Was this a TJ hot dog is it's not a, a regular hot dog. No. If you don't know. Okay. One more food thing. A Tijuana hot dog is, is it's an LA thing mostly, but it's, it's in San Diego as well. Now Yeah, it's a hot dog. Mm-hmm wrapped in bacon mm-hmm. and the bacon is is cooked to be crisp on the edge of the on the outside of the hot dog and they put it in a hot dog bun obviously and then they cover it in fajita vegetables like like griddle seared onions and peppers and, and garlic and stuff like that they cover it in that and then mayo ketchup and mustard and you know like spicy peppers in there and mm-hmm. it's just it's it's san diego's chicago dog yeah, san, it's, exa- it's southern california's chicago, chicago dog, dog and it's the sort of thing that you eat and you taste you 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 get it when you're drunk. You get like two of these things on the street outside mm-hmm. the bar, and then you wake up in the morning still tasting it in your mouth, tasting the peppers and the garlic <laughs> and the bacon and, and the mustard, and it's just like it's a good flavor to wake up to. Like that's another like local fare that's yeah. like that's legit. Have you ever been to the taco stand? I have. So uh, it was good, but like every time I drive by one, I'm like, "Well, a line. I'm not going." So both, I'll, I'm going to name two places that are delicious, but they're more I'm of a complaint. Taco Stand and City Tacos both are are great. City Tacos is a more like hipstery thing. Taco Stand is just like the hot commodity right now, and both of them, whenever I've gone there, I'm like, "Wow, this is really good." 
but I feel bougie and I don't yeah. want to feel bougie when but I'm it eating it. It is really taco. good. And they're making the tortillas there. Yeah, I mean, and you the can taco get, stand's super legit and it's you unfortunate get, that I yeah. feel bougie when I but go But it, it, that's who they attract is pe- that scene. And I mean, like, the, the first and one they San... line up around the block in some fan. It's because yeah. where they put them. They the put them in fancy two in San Diego were Encinitas and La Jolla, like La Jolla Cove. Right. Which is like rich, like legit rich people town. Like, like. Yeah, very different tax bracket than the rest of San Diego. So this ad was sent by Peter Olson. Thank Sorry, you, Peter, Olson. Peter, that we took Put so you at long. The back end of a weird episode, didn't the, we? The body and the plate are from a Fender Stratocaster dated October thirteenth, nineteen sixty six. As you can see, it has been modified. Yeah, a little bit for weight purposes. Oh, that's for weight. Okay. Uh, curious about its value. Open to offers. Regards, Leaf. This is translated. So, is this a picture of the email from? Uh, yeah, yeah. From Peter Olson. Yeah. Why is it called Sweet? Oh, here we go. Guitar Solges Copes Beats Kroppen Ochplatten Arfron Mean Fender Stratocaster Dotterod Thirteen Ox Nineteen Sixty Six Psalm Scenes Om. What the? F- That's a lot of G's <laughs> for Victon Skull. Nifikin Pa Varde Evbud. You don't need to read the phone number. Uh, so, yeah, this is a 1966 Fender Stratocaster. How is that It looks like possible? an Amoeba. I did, I'm trying to... Did they add wood, or did it, were they able to really achieve this shape just by cutting away? Yeah, I was trying to get a bead on... like where My strats are at an angle across the wall from here. I I, don't, I think he I, added. I think they added wood. There's so much going on here. It's got four pickups. Yeah, it is, it is, this is one of those things. Like, did I do this? I don't remember doing this. That's the sort of thing I would have done. Uh, Why do you think this is Swedish? Because that's what he said. Oh, okay. In the email, I, I cut out the part where he had a personal message to us. Oh, okay. um, this is also. I don't think. I don't think. I, I think he must have. They must have added wood to the body. If that's a 1966 body somewhere hidden in there, that's that's a damn tragedy. But, but... Did you look at the neck? I weirdly like this. <laughs> yeah, I did look it's at the neck. It's a freaking t- temper-tuned neck. Yeah, yeah, temper-tuned <laughs> preps on there. Or whatever. So whoever did this is a tinkerer. Like... And we only have so many pixels to really look at it. Like it's it's really faint in there, but that is definitely a temper tuned neck. There's a lot going on here. Four pickups. I this is this is a. I think if you buy the story, it's a thousand dollars. If you don't buy the story, it's like six hundred dollars. We don't actually have a price on this, huh? We don't. No, because according to the translation. He says, curious about its value, open to offers. I would have... No, it's like, even if he could confirm, if he could prove that, that parts of that body were from 19, uh, 1966 Fender Stratocaster, what value is left in that? It's it's All the value is gone with this reshape of the body. It doesn't yeah. hurt... It, the, the, but that detail doesn't hurt the value of what this actually is, you know, it adds to the story. Yeah. And it makes this weird guitar 
more compelling, but it doesn't make it more valuable, but it mm-hmm. confirms its actual value. <laughs> do, mean, you know, what, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that car that, you know, like it, it crashed and it, it has a story behind it yeah. because it did, it is associated with some, like a celebrity took it for a test drive and then decided not to buy it. That story right. is cool. It doesn't change the fact that it's a 1992 piece of crap that shouldn't <laughs> be on the road anymore. Like, it's still worth $500, but that story makes it feel like a nice $500. Right. You it, know, like it, it, it's it, worth more than, you know, it yeah. confirms its actual value. Like, think about your car. It's a, right. But it's been driven by you versus your car. If you gave Rob Machado a ride one time, this is the this is the car that I had that ride with Mo- Rob Machado that one time. Like <laughs> it, intrinsic value, but the fact that it could have a chunk of wood in there from ni- from a 1966 Fender Strat gives it intrinsic value to a wide group of people, but not enough to change the value of the object. Mm-hmm. But to confirm it, is that a, does that concept make sense to confirm the value, the but not increase makes it? Sense. Uh, because again, it, like, it, the value of this guitar is it, one that it's weird. Yeah. Two that it looks totally functional. Three that it has a weird detail that you don't usually get to try. I've never got to try one. A guitar with a tempered fretboard, yeah. with the tempered frets that are all wiggly like worms all across the fretboard, supposedly giving you like perfect even uh, intonation across your entire fretboard. That sounds compelling. It also sounds like weird to play. It looks weird to play to me, but may- I've heard that it's fine. If this was a, I'm going to put it between five and $600 guitar on local Craigslist. Mm-hmm. I would be sitting there thinking about it. Okay. I wouldn't yeah. be, te- I wouldn't be immediately tempted, but I'd be like, can I find enough value in this for me to, 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 Curiosity spend six hundred dollars, five seventy five, for a very odd guitar. Right, you know, like because because then you're kind of competing with like used Eastwoods and and other yeah. production guitars yeah. that are doing a weird thing, but this is homebrew weird yeah. in in a, a somewhat delightful way. So I, that's that's my take. What do you think? I I mean I think you're spot on. Um, I think like I'm. It's it's interesting to me that he's just putting it out there like I don't really know what the uh, what I should ask for right this. right because I think so many people would be like well you know this is a sixty six strap body and the neck you know sixty six strap body is like five thousand dollars and this neck was you know tune temper tuning frets or you know we don't know thousand dollar neck so I want eleven thousand dollars we don't know if he did that to the fretboard we don't know if he bought it that way in a conversation with the seller you could find that out and that yeah. could change your idea yeah. of, the, of the value I'm not going to value that as anything without knowing specifics about it yeah. you know but what was I about to say a 66 Stratocaster body doesn't mean very much if it's not recognizable or right. usable as a 69 Stratocaster body. You're not going to find, you're not going to track down a 66 Stratocaster neck and put it on this mm-hmm. and then think that you are getting the experience of playing an intact 1966 Fender Stratocaster. Yeah. Like it's just, it's that, that chicken has flown the coop. It's over. You're not going to get that experience out of this object. Like you'll get the experience of maybe parts of the wood are aged like that, mm-hmm. but it's not a Stratocaster anymore. This does not have the logo, but this looks a lot like an off-the-shelf True Temperament 
retrofit. Really? Uh, like I said, so I don't know if it's an earlier. But we one. have so few pixels here, Steve. No, I know, I know. But it's like it's it's the it's I'm looking at the pattern. The, the bulb pattern. is a little different on the there. Fr- but the bulb is a little different. I what, well, I, so what like, I actually wanted to see here is how much one of these necks cost. I, I was I always assumed that true temperament had to do with like the neck on the body and like you have to figure out your string gauge and like it's like is it's dialed in specifically to an individual guitar. Maybe that's my own head cannon yeah. and then that's not real. The thought of a of an off the shelf replacement neck with tempered frets sounds weird to me. Maybe maybe it's totally fine. Maybe it's totally possible. So a paddle strat would be five sixty. A already shaped headstock is six sixty. So that's kind of you're looking at a say, yeah say five fifty to six fifty. You can't upsell this guitar that much on no, this no, because no. like it, the guitar has to have a neck on it, and it's one of those features. It's like well, the person buying it didn't necessarily want that. They're just right. they just want a guitar, so that's a, that's an upgrade or a, a, a feature that doesn't necessarily command ex- much extra value on the used market right. for a parts guitar you might you might be able to claim it, it ups the value like 200 bucks no that's like what i'm that. saying like with this neck and <laughs> this me. shape and everything else i think you could but then you have to the, find a buyer that's interested in argument that. that this is a thousand like you could list this for a th- you could argue your way to a thousand dollars but i think you're right i think that interest price is like you're basically selling the neck as a used neck and everything else as used everything else. And so you're probably looking at the like body is an oddity six to $800 for an actual selling price. Yeah. And I got, I do, do got to say, uh, there was a time when I cut a pit guard for a strap that had the no lower horn thing right. going on. And at the time I was like, this is really cool. I wish I could see this more often. But every time I've seen it since, I've been like, "That's not very cool." Oh, this just looks like a blob. I don't. I don't. The 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 strap the strap pick guard needs the lower horn to balance it out. Like, yeah, it, it's it doesn't it doesn't tickle my eye in the right Wasn't way. Wasn't it OLP that was selling? Yeah, those and they always just look. There's been a couple brands bad. over the years, uh, usually budget brands, but I think there's been a couple premium brands that have done the, right. the no lower horn it's, pickguard it's variation. It's hard to pull off and make it look good. If you're going to do it, segment it. Mm. Still give me the mm. lower horn, but if you want that swoop in there and you want to play with that swoop, I understand it, but yeah, give, give me a segment on the lower pickguard because like it does uh, balance it out. Like the Talbo. Yeah, yeah. And those don't have a pickguard at all. All right, what's, what's your vote, Steve, for uh, out of the week? I think this is a really tough week. Adventurer Club. I think this was a really tough I week. I don't. You don't. I don't. <sighs> it was the, the 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 Double Dragon, the Electric Telly. I mean, they are all really good, and, and think, the Swede Caster. Um, I'm going Double Dragon Caster. I had the most fun talking about the Swede Caster. Where's the Swede Caster was good. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I, I would be happy with any of these winning. Right. Okay. So what's what, are you, Chris or Spin Doctors? I'm going Chris. I went, Someone needs to tell the Spin I Doctors went, that we're using their pick to decide things. I, will, I went Chris last week or last, yeah, last episode or this two is a, episodes ago. This is an official Spin Doctors pick that a viewer sent in because they are neighbors with the father of the singer, and he he was able to get a pick. 
Okay, so you want I'm going Chris. You want Chris. Chris is the electric telecaster. No, Chris is the dragon caster. Oh, double double dragon. Chris is double dragons. Yep. And uh, Spin Doctor's side is Sweeto caster. I kind of want this one. I'm feeling a little competitive. (laughs) Oh, Steve got it! How much do you want it, Ryan? Not enough to fight you. Okay. Dave Sandander, congratulations. Steve is going to email if you don't email him first uh, to get you a $25 digital certificate to the retailer, restaurant, I don't know, whatever of your choice. What other types of businesses are there? There's retailers and there's restaurants. It I guess there's services. Digital, digital gift. Yeah. If there's a service. If your local Molly Maid has a digital gift card, dude, you can do that too. Dude, treat yourself to, to uh, a professionally cleaned house, professionally tidied up. That would be actually wild. I, you know what? I don't think I am $25 will get you that much from a cleaning service. Then maybe it'll get you, they'll, they'll wash your, this your is dishes. A, this is at least, I think, the second time that... Get someone to wash your dishes. David has won, though. So, all right, this song... There's no rules against winning more than once. No, there's not. If you send good ads, you're going to win again, probably. In the first, like, two months, we had one person, I think, win three times. Right. Uh, this was sent by uh, William... You could potentially make a living sending us ads. <laughs> no, I don't know about that. Uh, $25 a week at a time. He says, hi, we were really excited that you played our song on your podcast. You asked us to send more. So here's another one from our album. It's called Hot Tires, Fast Blood. You can stream our album Shark Thresher on all streaming services. They've sent us stuff before, and I know I'm going to like this already. Uh, Instagram at shark period the period band. Buckle up. I'm stoked. Uh, So here we go.
Well, was Killer. your prediction correct? It was yeah. correct. Yeah, correct. I bet the guitarist listens to uh, Low Straight Jackets. I don't know what that means. It's a surf band. I know who. I know Low Straight Jackets. But that's that, Low Straight Jackets. That, that, that's like a thing they do. That's a very uh, Low Straight Jackets phrasedy sort mm. of thing. Like, if they don't listen to him, they should. How about mm. that? Great track. Thanks for sending it. Bye, everyone. Oh, thanks. Stay grounded.